You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of the show, we get a view from mainland China from Ryan Manuel, founder of Bilby AI. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning. So the CSI is currently at five-year lows. The Shanghai Composite's at four-year lows. Um, so how much further can these market falls, and um, what will be the catalyst to start lifting them? I mean, how much further markets can fall is, is, is always a sort of a rough question from Monday morning. Um, <laughs> I don't like to make it easy, do I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, I I think the key thing to look at is is one the, the China's leaders do not wish to let them fall. Um, there are a range of interconnected activities that are going on right now. Um, we can have a discussion about whether that's the best use of the sort of Chinese government money, but there's definitely there's, there's four or five interconnected market-moving activities where the Chinese government has clearly decided that it will put a floor under prices. Um, so the first question in that sense is relatively easy, which is probably not much, that much further. Um, the second question on what will be catalyst for growth, though, is, is more a question, therefore, of will the government's activities work? And a lot of that is how the market will see it. Um, there hasn't been the pop that we're definitely hoping for so far. Um, but part of that is also that there's a lot of wars being fought on a lot of fronts right now. Again, I talked about sort of interlinked government activities. It's, it's not just that the government's kind of like, oh, well, let's prop up. You know, let's intervene again like 2016, which was a disaster. This is more let's look at what are the activities we're doing which smashes markets and systematically try and stop doing that. Um, is it too little too late? It's another question. But there's definitely been a fairly concerted effort the last two months um, to, to kind of push back on some of these things. So I think, I mean, from a consumer perspective, I mean, where do you go? Because you've got the stock markets hitting all time. I mean, not all time, but hitting multi-year lows. You've mm. got property markets, you know, struggling. You've got job creation being pretty minimal. Mm. Um, private sector basically doesn't exist. So now I'm a consumer. Where do I feel confident or where do I start gaining confidence, which will be probably the major factor that's going to start lifting that economy? I don't know that the private sector doesn't exist. I think that's that's probably where I would be looking into, um, obviously, the screaming caveat that this is non-investment advice. But um, there's a lot of activities going on in the private sector where China is beginning to lead the world. Some of them are going quite well. Um, there's also just the issue of what kind of other market darlings in prices are not necessarily China's strengths. Specifically, obviously, we had a great year for AI last year. Somebody runs an AI firm. I'm not super upset about that. But um, <laughs> that's not the you know the type of of good that that sort of did so well. You know, that's driving a lot of the Nvidia growth, Microsoft through OpenAI, all those things. That's not what China's trying to do with its tech upgrading and its modernization. It's more trying to do things which are sort of less ChatGPT style, B2C. Um, you know, things that consumers can understand and be like, oh, I like the look of that. Let's, let's put some money you know, in that stock, say. Um, and much more industrial upgrading, Internet of Things, um, cheaper, cheaper chips, cheaper, you know, less 
smaller, sort of slightly larger semiconductors, but able to be put into different sort of applications, software, um, EVs. There's there's a whole bunch of that sort of stuff where, um, you know, there's a lot of boardrooms around the world sort of pretty scared with what China's doing right now. And I think that's where, if you are a consumer, and again, this is not investment advice, um, you're looking for things like that where China's doing very well, but there's obviously a sort of bad China tax right now where there's not that trust in the government or its actions. Um, there's still a lot of pretty impressive private companies. Um, that's where probably I would be looking if I were to, to sort of think about this as a consumer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was just trying to figure out because, I mean, like I said, you're not. I mean, the job market is pretty flat um, at best, and you know, you're not seeing your properties gain, and you're not seeing your stock, your investments gain. Um, on the private side, I guess you've got to wait. If you are invested in private companies, you've got to wait for exits. So that's not really going to realise. I'm just trying to figure out how these, you know, how you're going to get some confidence back into the citizens and get them really going out there spending and lifting that economy and. And that to me is a big, big yeah, dilemma I mean, that they've got, right? It's very interesting. I mean, China has, has sort of always, you know, in terms of spending on the economy, it was always so consumption was so linked to household, consumption and household wealth was so linked to your house, right? It was so linked to real estate yeah. for so long um, to a degree that's sort of unprecedented almost anywhere. Um, it's it's three times, you know, it's 80, somewhere between 80% and 90% of the average Chinese citizens' wealth is in their house. And so when real estate is flat, that's always going to be a tough sell. Um, a lot of the reasons, it seems, why they're doing all these interconnected measures to sort of get more things happening in the in the equity markets is because they see that, that they need to shift. They need to get people investing more in stocks. They need to get beyond that idea that sort of all of your wealth has to be ha- wrapped up in, in real estate and in your house because the real estate sector is not going to come you know, flooding back anytime soon. And that's much more a question of putting a floor under what's happening rather than seeing that be a driver of growth. So absolutely, I mean, they, this is the same problem. I think you're, you're looking at it the same way China's leaders are, which is how do we get a, an asset class doing well such that there gets a bit more confidence, such that there is more money coming in. And then, of course, there's the second part of this when we're looking at the equity markets in particular, as your first question asked, which is international money, right? It's it's how do you get that confidence back into portfolio managers or, or people who want to move money into China that makes them think, well, like Alibaba trading at that sort of level of price equities is a pretty pretty tasty bet, very liquid, nice nice play, but when you've got this sort of bad China price overhanging things, again, it's it's tough for the leaders. And and that probably answers your first question about why they you know, why are they trying to make the stock market the catalyst? Because it's it's the best one they've got. All right. Um and in the thirty seconds we've got left, um will they succeed as the year goes on? Um I think back end of the year they'll they'll do quite well, yeah. I think we'll see I think we'll see a turnaround on that. Um, there is growth. Uh, jobs data is not awful. It's not as awful as, as you'd expect, given how other things are going. And as I said, the interconnected nature of these things means that it actually might be a, a better policy rather than trying to kind of 
just swing at one thing and then like stop another crisis and stop another crisis. There seems to be, through the state council in particular at the moment, an interlinking of reforms which might actually get a, a bit more done. So, you know, slightly more optimistic than normal. That's great. I mean, that's something, <laughs> something all our listeners want to hear. So I'm definitely happy about that. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we do have for today. So I'd like to thank you for coming on. Um, that was Ryan Manuel, uh, founder of Bill BAI. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. Bye. All right.